Hello, mamas. We are Allison, Kelsey, and Melissa, and we would like to welcome you to the Unstressed Mama podcast, the podcast that will teach you how to manage the daily stress that comes from being a mom. Nothing is off limits here. From peeing your pants to balancing your budget to working out, we'll talk about it. Hey, mamas. Melissa here. Um, We are very excited to launch this new episode in our chakra series, Don't Break My Heart Chakra. And this is the first time that it is being released. So as you know, we were re-releasing some of our previous uh, chakra episodes, so the first three chakras. And now um, all of the rest of the series will be brand new. So if you were waiting for something new, it is here. And this one is a really good um, one spoiler I will give is Dawn Haywood is back. And she says how the heart chakra, there are seven, if you remember, um, is the link between the bottom three and the top three. So we've already discussed the bottom three. Um, We talked about the heart chakra today and then go into the last three after this. So I hope you enjoy. Um, And today we just have Allison interviewing Dawn and there's three of us, three different time zones, and then Dawn's in a fourth. So definitely a challenge getting all of our schedules to match, but, um, I've listened to it twice at least, and it is so good and definitely got some great tips out of this that I'm sure are going to surprise you. So have uh, some coffee, you know, get put on the cruise control. Maybe don't do that. Make sure you stay safe. If you're listening to this while driving and listen in. Hey mamas. We are back today with another installment of the chakra series with Don Haywood. Today's episode will be all about the heart chakra. Learning about these chakras has been really eye-opening so far, at least for me, because I didn't know a whole lot about them before. And this one won't be any different. It can affect everything from heart disease to lack of energy to depression And making sure it's in balance can most definitely affect our day-to-day lives and our stress levels a lot. Um, So Dawn is here with us, like I mentioned. And the first thing I'm going to say is, well, welcome back, Dawn. We love having you. Thank you, Allison. Glad to be here. Yeah. And let's just dive right in and talk about what is this heart chakra? Where is it located? What's all the good stuff to know about it? Sure. It's one of my favorites. Actually, um, the next two are are my favorites. Um, And I'll tell you, I could tell you why. And if I forget, let me, you know, remind me as we go along. The heart chakra is at the heart, um, this, the chest area. And it is um, called Anahata, in Sanskrit, which translates to unstuck, which is what the um, ideal is or the goal. You know, I don't like to use the word goal because it's somewhat subjective, Um, but the, 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 I don't, I'm just having trouble finding my words, but the, the way the, the idea, okay, just, the ideal 
state for the heart is for it to be unstuck. Um, as Allison mentioned, when the heart chakra is what we call blocked, which really means that the energy patterns are stuck. So it may be a, a situation where you may be feeling your chest tightened or your shoulders are tight. You're feeling hunched in. Those are some of the physical manifestations when the heart chakra is feeling a little bit off. And the, um, it, the purpose is for love and balance. So when the heart is unstuck, the love can, can more freely flow for people. Um, it's a hot, this can be a hard one for people, um, especially if you are, find it difficult to connect with people or to trust with people. And a lot of that goes, can go back to what you experienced when you were younger and the developmental stage for the heart chakra is from four to seven years old. So it's at that point when you're starting to form peer and family relationships. So it's that, so when you're in that age range is when you're learning for the first time and exploring how to love people and how to connect to people. As Allison mentioned, some of the physical manifestations are heart disease, um, the, the emotional, um, the emotional um, traumas that can cause um, difficulty loving or opening the heart are abuse and rejection. Shaming is a huge um, factor of this chakra, uh, maybe not being fully developed or fully healthy. Unacknowledged grief, divorce, or death of a loved one. Other uh, physical manifestations would also be uh, shortness of breath, talked about the sunken chest, that the physical um, asthma can be a trigger, and then circulatory uh, challenges. So when you are in a state where your heart is not open open enough or you um you can be very antisocial or withdrawn cold critical judgmental lonely depressed and then if there's too much heart so you've got a lot of love in in your your psyche uh, you can express that as codependency poor boundaries demanding jealousy um, and a fear of intimacy so some of the ways you can heal the heart, any exercise where you're opening, you can practice just opening and closing your arms, giving yourself a big hug, and then inhaling, opening the chest, leaning back, opening up, um, journaling, and then breath. Breath work is also mm -hmm. prescribed for, um, for the heart chakra. It's amazing to me how many things come back to the way that we breathe that keeps being a theme in my life over and over for the last probably year about I run in, you know, I'm around you and hear you talking about breathing and take your yoga classes and connect your breath. And then everywhere I go, I feel like somebody else is telling me how important it is to pay attention to your breath and breathe this way and just connect your breath to your belly. And it's 
I've never heard this before. And all of a sudden it's everywhere. And that's a good point, Allison, because the breath allows you to have an opportunity to more, to connect more deeply to what's going on in your body. And it's actually a great uh, segue into talking about the chakras because um, using the breath, as you said, it, it does connect you to the body. And when you take the time to slow down and take that deep breath, not only are you resetting your parasympathetic nervous system and breaking from that constant fight or flight and stress, you also can stop and you can actually feel with practice, um, but actually even if you just take a deep breath, you could just feel how the breath is moving in your body. And the more you come to a practice of a breathing practice, whether it's in a formal yoga class, or if it's even just practicing a 10 seconds of deep inhales and exhales a few times a day, you can really start to feel where the breath sits in your body. And you could feel where you're holding your tension. So that allows you to, to even more deeply connect to the energy centers, which are, there's many different ways to look at it, but definitely the chakras are one of those systems. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing I was thinking of as you were talking about um, being judgmental or, you know, being too much or too little introverted, isolated, that all seems to be very, very relevant to the world right now is a mix of some people are very isolated still. Um, definitely a lot of people are very judgmental as anyone who's been on social media in the last uh, 18 months will know. And um, that is just escalating. So if we could get you know the whole world to work on their heart chakra, maybe we could um, <laughs> fix this problem. <laughs> Yeah, and 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 that's another um, just kind of a, a generalization is that it in our culture, my experience has been that each time I've moved or something has changed or somebody um, has broken a friendship in a in a difficult way, I've start I started to put up walls, and it because I didn't want to get hurt, so over time, um, it, those walls build up so far and they become so thick that as adults, it's very difficult to perhaps uh, connect with people on that deep level, that real um, deep connection, because we, we all have superficial connections. You know, we call, uh, we have a lot of acquaintances, but how many close friends do we have that we could feel comfortable bearing our soul to? So it's kind of a cultural dynamic where um, we've built over time, um, perhaps a distrust of each other. And by our own personal experience, we've built these walls and closed our hearts. And that's what's the beautiful part about looking at the chakras and looking at energy work, focusing on the breath. Is it those practices give you the tools to start bringing those walls down. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, for sure. There's definitely been instances in my life where 
that have caused me to become closed off and not trust people. But when I was, I have this book here that I showed you before, but not everybody else saw it that I bought at five below, which is called chakras and self-care by Ambi Kavanaugh. And honestly, I have only skimmed the two chapters of it so far, but one of them was the heart chakra. And as I was skimming that, I thought, oh, I can definitely think of times in my life when mine has been closed or when it also times when it has been too open um, because I've seen every single characteristic of it being out of balance in myself at one time or another in my life. And I think I've seen that with all of the chakras so far, and that's probably not unusual for anybody. But the hearing that this has developed a lot between ages four and seven to me really made me perk up um, because my son is eight now. So, you know, I missed my chance to concentrate on it. But, but I think at the same time, oh, good. You know, he didn't really have any major traumas then, um, you know, and they, they always talk about it's hard to imagine when you have a baby and they tell you the first few years are so important. They're going to set the foundations for everything. And you think how they don't even remember this, but when you hear something like that, and then I think about back to what was going on when I was four to seven and for my son, what was going on, then things make more sense. Right. Um, and, and the heart chakra um, is actually also um, a bridge between the lower chakras and part of what um, the 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 scientist or the psychologists um, in the the newer um, Maslow and some of the others that study these different psychological theories um, what they what these these uh, systems say is if your lower chakras, they don't say it exactly in this way, but they tie it into the, the new chakra system that, that's been in use since the 70s. Um, if your lower chakras are unhealed, that is going to manifest into your heart. So it really, it, it is a full body uh, uh, process of working on the chakras. And there may be times where one chakra feels more pronounced and then a month later you have a different chakra and it may just be, um, there's some unsettled business, so to speak, that is that your universe or your God or whatever you believe in is wants you to start talking about and start addressing. So a lot of what the inner body work is, is not only physical, but it's also what we call the shadow work, the psychological. And I noticed in the book I was, was um, looking at recent reading recently that psychotherapy comes up a lot as one of the ways to heal the heart chakra and on up because it deals with more of the um, senses rather than the where with the lower chakras, you're really in the physical, you're really grounding. But as you start to move up the body, you're starting to move into more of the connection with people, the, the, the psychology behind or the spirituality um, or essence of, of who you are and, and in your personality. 
Yeah, that's so, so interesting. Um, I mean, and I like how it's called the heart chakra and it has a lot to do with, with your feelings um, of love and all of that, which I'm sure they, they had a darn good reason for calling it that. Um, something in, in my book here that it mentions is it if when it's out of whack or out of alignment, I suppose is the technical okay. term. Um, yeah. You can have shoulder and upper back pain. And I mm -hmm. have that. I have, um, you know, I've had a lot of these other symptoms. And then I had an MRI a few years ago and have like arthritis in my back and bulging discs and all these things that were causing pain. And um, I'm sure that it's all tied together. And I had a lot of, I've dealt with a lot of depression and things like that, you know sinking into myself, going back, you know, from that to bam, the next day I'm oversharing and over talking and dominating conversations. And so mine has clearly been in need of help for a very long time. Uh, in, the, in the last uh, year, probably since we've been doing this podcast, I was just talking to Dawn about this before we started recording it, this having these guests on here and people like her and I learn all these things has helped me a lot with balancing myself and knowing some things to do. And as I sit here right now, I have no pain in my back and I haven't for a few months. And it's really interesting to, you know, I, part of it is a change in diet that I've had recently, but I think part of it is also learning these things and concentrating on trying to relax and trying to open up chakras and doing all these new things that I never would have considered before or really believed were super important for my overall health. Yeah, that's a great point, Allison. And I'll add to that in that your experience has confirmed how important it is to take time to slow down to just stop for a few moments. And there is popular culture, the self-care Sunday and, and all of, of that, you know, there is a movement to encourage women to take time for themselves. And um, what I, what I want to stress as, as, as important it is to, to care for yourself, there's ways to care for yourself without going to get your nails done or going to the spa or things like that. A simple deep breath while you're hanging up laundry or putting, brushing your teeth, maybe not while you're brushing your teeth because you can't really deep breathe when you're brushing your teeth, but <laughs> maybe when you're in the shower. Um, I, and I know for, for moms with, with youngins that even that can be very difficult. You know, I invite women, uh, moms with youngins, breathing is an easy thing you can do with your little ones. Um, maybe not so much newborns, but certainly the toddlers and, and on up, um, you know, just, just have them take a deep breath in and then they can even roar out like a lion, stick their tongues out and roar and, and, and We'll we'll get into this more when we um, when we get to the 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 
uh, podcast on the throat chakra, but just getting the air out can be very cathartic for an adult and a child. And uh, for the moms with kids, these are skills we did. I didn't learn these skills when I was younger. And I found that I did not have a healthy heart in reacting to people. Um, I didn't know, I don't, didn't know how to connect to people without projecting my judgment on them. Because for me, my, my, some of my experience has been, you're not good enough. Yes, there was praise. Oh, absolutely. There was love, there was support, but there was also that subtle, well, why didn't you get an A? in this class? Mm-hmm. Um, or, um, well, why didn't you get a higher score? So it was always qualified. And in addition, you know, I would pitch a fit. I, you know, I had, I had this, but I'll never forget this. And it was probably, I was probably seven or eight years old. And I had this book. I absolutely loved of fairy tales. Ridiculous, right? My mom put it out for the tax sale. And I'm like, why did you do this? Blah, 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 blah. I ended up buying the dang thing and running off and just being hysterical. And I was allowed to do that. And so I can, I can see manifesting in fifth grade, you know, fast forward a few years, hysterically crying because I opened my coat and my slip was showing and, you know, fifth grade boys, I, you know, they, they were already teasing me and Mm -hmm. um, calling me brag and dragon and all that, probably because my heart chakra was so um, in excess. I, I craved attention and I'm still trying to work through all of that, but by practicing opening my chest, um, you know, really, you know, just keeping my, my hands behind me or just, you know, even bringing my shoulders back. I just did that now. And I could feel my whole upper back and chest open and crack and crinkle. And I can even breathe better. Um, and, and by this regular practice, I'm now being able to identify not only the incidents, but to go back even deeper to find, to figure out why. And my point of all of this was I'm seeing, I see these same reactions in one of my daughters. So Mm -hmm. I've really made a point of, and a priority to help her through these being present with her. Cause that wasn't, that was one piece that wasn't always there. Mm -hmm. Um, Listening and, and really the way you can express breast empathy and connection with people is by just listening. We often uh, listen to respond and really it should be just to listen for the sake of listening, to be that Mm -hmm. support. Because sometimes all people need is just a listening ear. Yeah, that's a hard one. I really struggle with that. Um, And I think I'm not alone. Um, Part of it is because I feel uncomfortable with silence. If somebody tells me something at the end, I feel like I need to have something clever or helpful to reply to them with. So trying to overcome that is, is hard. 
and that's the beauty of a of a um, physical yoga practice coming to a mat or even meditation um, and to some degree breathing too but usually you can hear things when you're breathing Medi in a meditation or a, a yoga class you are in a space where you can feel safe with silence and you can practice sitting in silence and with meditation you could set a timer for three minutes or even two minutes it doesn't have to be an hour. Mm -hmm. um, because even if you just sit in silence for a couple of minutes, you're taking the baby steps towards building on that practice and, and practicing being silent. And when you're silent, you have the opportunity to start observing your thoughts and, and what comes up in your mind and how your mind can get involved with, um, with the stories the mind is telling. And by being silent, you actually have the opportunity to say, whoa, wait a second, I'm, I'm, I'm off track here. Okay, I'm gonna come back to my breath or to doing a body scan and feeling how this breath is, is moving in my body. Mm -hmm. So by, by exercising your listening muscle are you helping your own heart chakra or helping others heart chakra or both I, my opinion is you're helping both because you are being um, giving a piece of yourself and you're breaking potentially breaking down that wall that you or society has created and you are by being present for somebody you can be that safe space where someone feels comfortable to share mm -hmm. it's a pretty powerful feeling mm. it really is um i don't know if you read my post last week i've been reading this book um the monk who sold his ferrari and it reminded me because you talked about fairy tales and this book is a fable. It's really different. I don't know if you've read it, but um, it's not written yet. as a fable. You have read it? No, I haven't not. No, okay. Not yet. <laughs> oh, not yet. Okay, yes, the growth mindset there, not yet. Um, so anyway, the this thing that I tried is called the, I think it was the power of the rose. And so this was a lesson from the book to take a rose. And in their example, it was a live rose. And I used a fake one because I didn't want to uh, delay it more and, you know, go to the store and buy a flower. That would be a perfect procrastination thing for me. Um, so anyway, fake rose. And I went up in my bedroom. My son was at school. It was all quiet. I sat in the rocking chair up there, which was really comfy, cozy, and you're just supposed to stare into the center of the rose for as long as you can and try to clear your mind and only concentrate on the rose. And so what I wrote about is that at first I started thinking about all the things I needed to do. And then I was thinking about, does this actually work with a fake rose? And then I was thinking about any, you know, a million other things. And just as I was getting 
kind of into it, the cats came in and one of them jumped on my lap and was trying to like knock the rose off my lap. And I said, forget it. Um, but that was the point of that exercise too, was to, they said at first, you won't even be able to do it for five minutes, but you do it every day and you exercise that muscle in your mind of concentrating and eventually you'll be able to do it for 20 minutes. And it's super important if you want to see growth in other areas of your life to be able to be still and be quiet and just relax. And I think that I am not alone in that I couldn't even do it for one minute, let alone five minutes. Yeah. It's, it's weird to see when you try that, you're just, it's like, well, it's like trying to do a sit-up if you've never done them before. It's exactly like that. Absolutely. And, and that's a huge reason or a, a common reason I hear um, for people not wanting to try yin yoga or a relaxed, restore um, type of slower paced yoga class. Um, and it is, it's, it is scary uh, to slow down. Um, but like you said, Allison, it really is important because with practice, not only does your whole demeanor slow down and become more relaxed so you can be more present with the people around you and the people you love, it also allows your body to start to sense when you're becoming stressed, when you're becoming triggered. And that will trigger your mind to say, oh, hold on. And my body just did this. Um, I got a I got a physical um, reminder from my watch buzzing, but I could start to feel that my heart rate was starting to get very very high. So what did I do? I took a deep breath, dropped my belt my breath into my belly, relaxed my pelvis, and then let everything just go. And it's it's interesting how with practice you can start to sense the stress in your body. And you also have the opportunity to, when you're talking to somebody and they trigger you, they say something and you start to feel that trigger in your body, you can stop and respond rather than react, which ultimately, like you said, Allison, improves the relationship uh, between you and that person and can, mm -hmm. can potentially avoid a, a, a potential misunderstanding. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really, really powerful. Just one little thing, but you have to practice it because nobody is naturally good at that. At least right. nobody that I've ever met. <laughs> right. And, and I'll just reiterate, it doesn't have to be a long time. You can set a timer for two minutes. I know I keep changing the time, um, but that's the point. You can start small. And in fact, it's science has shown it's better to start small because then and be consistent because then you're more likely to stick with it over time. Mm -hmm. So that so that and and if you have little ones or any kids, bring your kids into it because the more you practice self-care your kids see that. And when they become teenagers like mine, 
they act my team, my teenagers actually tell me to go work out and go do the yoga and go do <laughs> because they can tell when I'm stressed out. And they have also seen the reverse of what it's like when I am engaging in my practices on a more regular basis. Um, so it's, and it's really just a matter of finding what community works for you. You could do a lot of this alone, but there are also a lot of like-minded people out there that you can connect with who will support you in this journey as well. Yeah, that's cool to hear about your kids that they know and say, hey, go chill out, go do your stuff. Yeah. And, and for the record, my kids are 20 and 16 and a half. Yeah. Um, and I've, and I, and I've been practicing yoga, um, since the youngest was about a year and a half, first year, year and a half. Um, so a long time. And then certainly over the last five, three to five years have gotten more, uh, focused and built even more into my practice. Um, mm -hmm. so it's, it's definitely something that when, when it's, part of your life and you make it a priority it really the really reaps the benefits uh down mm -hmm. the road yeah that that definitely rings true that with a lot of things um okay so we have talked about doing some exercises to open up your chest to help heal this heart chakra um you mentioned therapy Mm -hmm. sometimes, um, and practicing the art of listening and being still and being silent. Is there anything else that people can do at home on their own to help open this one? Journaling. journaling. Yeah. Journaling. Sometimes just putting your thoughts on paper, um, can be very freeing. And, you know, if you're, you're afraid, um, you're in a situation where it's difficult to keep personal um, papers or you're afraid of somebody discovering these private thoughts. I know that was the case for me for a long time. You always have the option of writing it down and burning it. And that can be very freeing as well. Um, you know, just to, to just let it go. And, and that's another whole um, underlying message is finding a way to let go of whatever you're holding, whether it's physical, emotional, or um, psychological. Another good option to secretly journal if you don't like to write with a pen is you can send yourself a Facebook message and then delete it. I mean, there will still be a record of it somewhere but if you're afraid of somebody in your house stumbling across it or whatever, that uh, takes care of that issue that in electronically. <laughs> Good suggestion, Allison. That's great. Mm -hmm. um, all right. Well, I think that that will wrap up the heart chakra. This was a really good conversation. I enjoyed this. I did too. Thank you. All right. And if, I'll be posting about this in our group and most likely making a carousel about it on Instagram, which is my new favorite thing to do. Um, so check us out at the unstressed mama in either our Facebook group or our Instagram page. And that's where you can best reach us. If you have any questions, see you next time.
The Unstressed Mama podcast is brought to you by Allison Rodden, Kelsey Decker, and Melissa Sarovi. You can find us on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Unstressed Mama and on Instagram at Unstressed Mama. If you like what you heard, be sure to tell your friends so other mamas can join in the fun. You can find our individual contact information in the show notes for this episode. If you have questions about this topic or suggestions for future topics, the best place to reach us is through our Facebook group, Instagram page, or email at unstressedmama at gmail.com.